friends, welcome to the very first ever episode of Not Your Average Therapist. My name is Alexis, and I am so excited that you're here with me and that I get to start this crazy awesome project of a podcast. I am currently a clinical mental health counseling graduate student at Kent State University. And part of my passion in counseling and therapy and psychology and just talking about life is that I want to help other people further than what I could do as a counselor. Now, before I get into it, I just want to make a disclaimer. I am not currently a licensed practicing counselor here in the state of Ohio or any state. I'm still in the program. So technically, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. The podcast is called Not Your Average Therapist. But I like to say not your average therapist yet, because one day I will be a therapist, and then I can remove the yet and actually claim that title. But for now, I'm just here sharing tidbits and things of psychology, counseling, personal development, and all the things that I've learned over my life, through my experience with therapy, and through my program. I will get into... A little bit more of in this episode of what we're going to be talking about in this podcast, what you can expect from me. I'm also going to tell you a lot about me. So let's get started. I'm so excited that you guys are here and thank you for listening to this first episode. I hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope that you enjoy all future episodes and I'd love to hear from you guys. Subscribe just so you can follow, stay up to date and hopefully get some inspiration or hopefully I can do something or say something in this podcast that helps you grow and change. My name is Alexis. I'm so excited and thankful you guys are here. Uh, I currently have a cat looking for attention while I'm trying to record this. Hi, Nubby. <laughs> He's my baby. I have two cats, Luna and Neville. Of course, if you're familiar with Harry Potter, you know where their names are from. Um, disclaimer, I don't agree with J.K. Rowling's beliefs. <laughs> Still like Harry Potter. Um, so I wanted to tell you guys about me, about the podcast, kind of go into detail what you guys can expect as you guys get more episodes from me. First, I live in a small town in Amish country outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I am 27 years old. I'm going to be 28 here in June. I live in a house here in my town with my partner Alex and our two cats, Luna and Neville. Uh, My brother and sister-in-law live down the road along with my parents and Alex's family lives not too far from here. So we're kind of surrounded by everyone that is important to us that we like to spend time with. And I got into counseling, therapy, and everything when I was 19. I started showing symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorder and I was diagnosed at 19 after telling my mom that I think I needed to go to therapy. So if you're not familiar with obsessive compulsive disorder, essentially it's a disorder where these obsessions occur in your brain and in order to alleviate the anxiety around the obsessions, you have compulsions, which are actions. 
So for me, my obsessions started with germs. It pretty much stayed with germs, but everything, everything had germs. I was going to, if I touched something, I would get that germ. If I, and it was no specific germ. It just was germs. I wasn't afraid of catching some kind of life-threatening disease or some kind of simple, like the flu. I just was generally afraid. And in order to alleviate those obsessive thoughts, I would wash my hands, which would be the compulsions. So people think, oh, it's good to wash your hands. But with OCD, it was like a hundred times a day. My skin was dry. My hands are actually still scarred. A lot of times I have, like if, if it's hot or if I'm going for a walk, I'll get redness like in my wrists and my hands because I had such um, destroyed skin from all the hand washing. I also have broken up fingerprints. So for work and for things like that, I tend to have issues getting fingerprinting done. But, you know, the interesting thing about OCD is that we know that our thoughts are irrational, that they don't make sense. They're not realistic. I know that it is okay if I touch something because probably not going to get sick. I know that if I walk by something, it didn't mean I touched it. But our brains create these intense, intense thoughts of just, what if, what if, what if? And even talking about it, it's kind of giving me anxiety because it's like putting kind of the focus on it. I, um, you know, did those compulsions to relieve the anxiety. So OCD is an anxiety disorder and um, it is diagnosable. It's in the DSM-5, which is the current book that counselors and physicians and other people use um, for diagnosing. And a lot of people think, you know, OCD is, oh, you're just really clean or organized and your closet, everything's organized. The closets look nice. Your kitchen is all you know, everything has its place. And really, it's actually not always like that. Now, there are people, maybe that is their obsession, but a lot of times OCD is so consuming that you actually can't keep up with your house stuff, that your house really isn't that organized. So if I'm being honest, my house is not that organized because I get so anxious over some things that things can pile up. It could be hard to get enough peace and calmness to be able to deal with it. So, or there's things like garbage cans. I don't like to deal with the garbage. Laundry. I kind of don't like laundry machines. I just have a weird thing with laundry. And these are all pieces and things that I have developed with my OCD. Now, once I turned 19 and I started showing signs of OCD and I kind of always have them. Signs, I would say tendencies is what we call it when it's not the actual disorder. We say someone has an OCD tendency. Essentially, it's just similar things to similar thoughts that are like what your OCD would show, but they're not. Um, so for me, even when I was in high school and middle school, I would have friends, you wash your hands a lot. But at that time, it really wasn't an obsession. It wasn't a compulsion. It was just, I washed my hands a lot. That could have been a learned behavior. I know my parents, you know, taught me some behaviors that maybe other parents didn't. My mom works in the medical field, so she taught me how to turn off every faucet with paper towel, like in public restrooms, things like that. Maybe things that normal people, I don't want to say normal, let me rephrase that, things that other people might not think to do. And if you do, great, you know, save yourself some germs. If you don't, great. 
you know, it doesn't really matter, but that was just something I was taught. So even though it may have looked like an OCD tendency, it was kind of more of a learned behavior. But once it became extreme and I started having distress, I started having the inability to function normally, then that's when I saw counseling. So I started with a counselor and I saw her for several years. I saw a psychiatrist as well for about a year. I was put on a medication and, um, you know, everyone has different beliefs about medication and I can always certainly do an episode in the future on medication and kind of the stigma around it and kind of my experience, my beliefs. But for me, it is helpful. It I, I'm still on it. I still take it. There have been times where I felt good. So I thought, oh, I don't need this. I went off my medication and the OCD became um, more severe. So the one thing to keep in mind with OCD is that it never goes away. Um, I will have it for the rest of my life. It's just a matter of managing and controlling it. So right now, I like to say I'm in recovery. Um, I've also heard people use the term like remission. Essentially, I have had it, I have it under control so that it's not controlling my life. Now there are moments where mm, it might get a little bit more extreme, like moments of stress. If I've had a stressful day at night, I tend to be more, um, I say I tend to have more OCD or be more OCD. Um, I try not to attribute OCD as like a personality. So when you say like, oh, I'm being OCD, it kind of makes it sound like it's defining you. And it's not. It's inflicting you. It's it's impacting you. It's not part of like who you are. It is, but it isn't. It, and that's something we can go into in another episode. I'm going to talk more about my OCD in the future, but I'm just trying to kind of give you a basic rundown of my experience and how I got into the field I'm in. So after starting therapy, you know, went through that, OCD started getting better. And then I was able to work with my therapist, start going through other things, life things, traumas from previous relationships and just different things. So therapy really made an impact on me. And the change I saw in myself really made me realize like, this is something that I could see myself doing. Now, at the time, I was working as an x-ray tech, and the one thing about x-ray techs is we don't spend a lot of time with our patients. You know, we see them maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes. There might be some patients for certain exams you might be with for a couple hours, but really, you don't get a lot of time to talk to them. And there would be so many patients that either I felt like, oh, they just need somebody to listen, they just need some compassion, or there would be patients where I just wanted to hear their story. They were from a different country or they had an experience. They were older and they were telling me about their childhood or their husband or their wife and, you know, their partner. And it just, I really missed having that connection with patients. And truthfully, working in the medical field can wear you down. And it was wearing me down a lot. There's a lot of emotional toll not that counseling isn't like that, but it's it's a different emotional toll. And there's just a lot in the field. But anyway, so I knew that counts that x-ray wasn't gonna be for me forever. And I kept feeling myself drawn closer and closer to doing some form of counseling. Now I really liked working with children. I actually worked as a YMCA 
like counselor and then I also eventually was promoted into a position where I ran a program for before and after school care. I loved working with the children. I miss them. Um, you just get so connected to them and they're just all their own little people and they all have their own little things and I just really enjoyed that, you know? And so I thought, oh, well, I'm going to become a school counselor, you know? So I started that program, I think in 2019, I think is when I started that program. I graduated with my psychology degree, my bachelor's of arts in psychology. I graduated with that in 2016. That was um, a couple years after x-ray school and I was working full-time, not full-time, but essentially full-time as an x-ray tech. And finished my degree and kind of just knew, like, if I wanted to do more in psychology, which I love psychology, just everything about the field is just so fascinating to me. If I wanted to do more, I needed to get a master's degree because with a psychology bachelor, you can't really do very much. And if you have positions available out there, it doesn't pay very much, if I'm being honest. So... I that's kind of how I started looking. Okay, what what more can I do? I I like therapy. I like counseling. I like working with kids. So again, that's kind of how I got into the school counseling program. And I started that program, and it was very interesting. And I I still enjoy talking about school counseling. A lot of the classes that I take as a clinical mental health counseling student, um, we also have like school counseling students in our program in the classes with us. So, you know, I kind of can still talk and be involved with learning about the field, what's going on, things like that. But I had a class, it's called Skills and Techniques. So it's one of the first classes you take in both programs, depending on which one you're in. And you essentially learn the basic skills of being a counselor, how you listen, how you reflect statements back to your clients, things like that. And it was interesting. We, we like did role playing with um, other classmates and we actually had to film ourselves like having practice. It was like four in the semester, four practice sessions with like a classmate we were partnered up with. And it was to kind of help get us acclimated to counseling, to being on camera, because that's a big part of practicum. And to just really start breaking down those barriers of nervousness around working with clients. So go through this class and at the time still a school counselor student and my professor at the end of the semester she rates us all like it's a requirement for the university an evaluation form based on our skills and I remember going in that meeting kind of feeling like oh a little nervous you know criticism I can take it but no one likes to be criticized you know and so I thought oh you know what is she gonna say about me and she actually gave me, as she said, one of the highest ratings that she's had for a student in a long time. And that just really hit me because she explained that my empathy, which is a huge part of being a counselor and truthfully being a human, being empathetic, being able to listen and, and just reflect to these experiences that these people have and just be able to sit with them and kind of not experience it with them, but just sit in those emotions with them. And it kind of sat in my head and I thought, you know, maybe that is something that I need to do. Maybe that's really what I want to do. And the more I thought about it and the more I realized, like, 
I'm just taking the easy path for myself with school counseling because, you know, you go to school, you do your thing. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it was like, in my head, the easy choice. You know, I knew what I truly wanted to do, but I tend to be very fear-driven, anxiety-driven. So I avoid the things that scare me because I don't, I don't want to deal with the hard feelings, the uncomfortableness. But really, when I came down to it, I wanted to be a clinical mental health counselor. I did. I talked about it with my counselor, and I, I just knew that's what I needed to do. I needed to face the reality of what I wanted and stop hiding behind my fear and just do it. So I changed the program. I got into counseling, and I have enjoyed it so much. The program is amazing at Kent. I, I know there's a lot of other schools that offer it, but I just, I really had a good experience at Kent and, um, you know, I'm excited to continue in the program. I start practicum in the summer and that will be where I'm actually starting session with clients. So that's going to be interesting experience, you know? So that's kind of how I got into counseling long, you know, a little long story there, but I, I just want to be able to kind of make a bigger impact than just the clients. You know, we can only see so many clients a day because there's only so many hours in a day. You know, most therapists, they'll see maybe eight, ten, you know, clients, ten clients a day if they come. If they can't, you know, you have certain, like, levels that you have to meet to, I forget what they call it, basically to make, to get paid, essentially, to make sure you're, you're doing enough work to get paid. And... I just know like that's so limiting and I want to make a bigger impact. And I think about a lot of the podcasters I listen to and one in particular is it's called All the Wiser. It's with Kimmy Culp. And essentially she started this podcast. She interviews someone and they donate some money to the charity of choice. I think it's like $2,000 an episode. But in the podcast, you know, she's sharing these stories of these people who have these just jaw-dropping stories of, you know, surviving something or experiencing something that maybe the average person doesn't experience, having a disease or cancer or just all, all sorts of things. And I just really enjoyed listening to the stories and I just think about the impact that she's able to make by sharing these people's stories because then I started researching each person and listening to their stories, seeing who they're donating their charity, their money to what charity. It could be their own charity. And so I really felt like, you know what? I think a podcast could really be really fun for me. It can help kind of fuel my passion, keep me on my toes, because I constantly will have to be learning things to kind of give you guys the most accurate information. And just be able to make a bigger impact, you know, hit a bigger, bigger audience with this information. I, you know, there's so many different self-help books out there. There's so many different things, but sometimes, you know, we just got to hear it. We got to hear it through interviews or we got to hear it through just through our ears. You know, we just got to be told these things. And, um, it's, sometimes it's easier to sit and listen to a podcast than it is to read a book. And so I just want to be able to start something like this and bring it to you guys. With that being said, I plan to do different episodes. We're going to try different things out as the podcasts grow and kind of see how things go. I really want to bring on lots of people to interview different 
experts in the field, their fields that they're in, different people that have experienced some crazy things. And, you know, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of brainstorming ideas. And if you guys have any ideas, you know, DM me on Instagram. Let me know what you think. I am definitely going to share a lot of psychology things, a lot of counseling things. I think it's really good to have these tools that if you're not reading about them or learning about them, that you wouldn't even know about them. You know, self-care is something that's huge right now, especially with the COVID pandemic. You know, it's really important to take care of ourselves, take care of our minds, take care of our bodies. And it's not always easy. And we don't always have the right answers or we haven't learned the right method. I mean, one thing for me that's not really helpful for me personally is being mindful. You know, it's like meditating. People say, oh, I love to meditate. I, I, I just, I don't know. I can't do that. You know, so there's different things, but instead of that, I can do something else. So I just really want to bring to you guys just a variety of topics. I want to bring guests on here so you can hear more about people and their lives and their experiences. There's so many people in this world that we don't hear their stories, you know, celebrities, things like that. It's really easy to see them. I mean, we all talk about celebrities like we know them, but really they're just people, you know, we just know them because they're out there. So I want to put people out there so that their stories can be heard, so that you guys can know more about the people in this world. And I want to share counseling with you. I want to share the field so you guys can maybe be inspired to go to therapy yourself and actually get, you know, help tailored to you from a therapist. Uh, just different things, you know, breaking the stigma around mental health. You know, there's so many different goals of this podcast. Now, I will say that I am a feminist, and women helping women is my passion. I I just see so much and have experienced so much. That, that really is a focus of mine. So, you know, a lot of the stories here are going to be about women, about the things that we experience. And I'm not talking just women, um, like cis women. I'm, I'm talking about all women in the LGBTQ plus community, trans women, everything, everyone. I think it's important that we all share our stories and share our experiences and build each other up. I also am very passionate about helping with children, helping adolescents, teenagers kind of going through life. So there might be some things on that here on the podcast as well. It could be good if your parents, you know, or maybe you have a sibling, someone that's close to you that's younger, dealing with different things. So that is something else I want to focus on. Of course, you know, I want to share the stories of people that are different than me. I want to be able to make sure that I can bring that to them, use my platform as a way to bring their stories out and kind of give them the opportunity to make themselves known, you know, give them the space that they need. And again, you know, as I mentioned, LGBTQ+, I really want to focus on that as well. I know there's a lot going on right now, particularly in politics, different laws I'm seeing, just some really, really sad things that I'm seeing. So, you know, bringing these things all to your attention, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be something you want to hear, something you agree with. But it's important to me that I share these topics. Um, These are things that I'm passionate about. The environment, politics, women, equality, equity, justice, all these things. And so I just want to 
kind of make that known as well is that I do have passions and I do have strong beliefs and we may not always agree we may not always like what the other person says or believes you may not like what I say or maybe I have a guest on here I might not agree with but we all come from a place of respect and respect our differences and there are certain things that can't be tolerated I don't tolerate hate I don't tolerate racism I don't tolerate homophobia I don't tolerate xenophobia. I don't tolerate alt hate in general. So those are some things that I just really wanted to make known. So you guys can kind of know where I stand. You know, if I see comics on my Instagram, I'm not going to stand for them. So just letting you know kind of where I'm coming from and the approach that I'm bringing here. I am open. I am honest. And I'm very you know, in the phrase down to earth, like, I'm just me. What you see is what you get. You know, I'm not going to hide things. I'm not going to purposely try to disrespect anyone. But I'm not perfect, and I may make mistakes, and I hope that you guys can forgive me for that or anything in the future. Um, but, you know, I just really hope that this podcast can bring you guys some inspiration, some joy, maybe get you to start thinking about something differently, different topics that you may not have known about or thought about. And I just want to encourage all of you, as I've learned in my classes, if something doesn't sit right with you, there's a reason why. So if I say something or a guest comes on and talks about something and it's not sitting right with you, usually it means that there's something that you might have to look at. So take what I say. Think about it. Think about how it's impacting you. Think about if I'm wrong. Call me out. You know, do those things. Do that critical thinking to figure out why these feelings are coming up. And that's kind of part of the journey of self-growth, the journey in counseling that I experienced. And um, kind of hoping that that will help you guys as well kind of learn to identify these things in yourself and um, be able to kind of overcome them. That's something that I'm working through as well. So yeah, so that's kind of like the rundown of what I envision this podcast to be. Um, I'm definitely going to talk more about my experience with OCD. I think it's important to be open about it. You know, I'm not always, like, not confident, but there are times where I don't want to talk about it. I might be embarrassed or enchanted because of behaviors I have or things I do. I have fears. I have anxieties around it, you know, but I... I do think it is really important to share with people to help them understand the disorder, understand me, and just kind of have some more knowledge around that, around mental health in general. Um, you know, I plan on this podcast kind of being such a variety of things, but with the really main focus of just bringing some information to you guys, some tools and techniques that you can use for personal development, you know, working through Anything you have going on, maybe getting some inspiration. I'm sorry if you hear my chair squeaking. I had to move my leg. But um, yeah, so I really hope that you guys enjoy this podcast. I hope that it helps me grow and change. I'm curious to kind of hear a future episode, maybe 50 episodes in the future, 100, and kind of see where how far I go. You know, that's kind of the fun part about journeys like this is that you start somewhere and you end up somewhere and it's so fun to see the growth 
I mean, just even looking at myself from 19 when I was diagnosed to now, and just if I could go back and tell that 19-year-old girl and say, listen, this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to go through, and it's all going to be okay, and you're going to get to a good, really good place, you know? So that's another kind of key component of this podcast is kind of hope. You know, if you're going through anything right now, if you're struggling with anything, just know there's always hope. I I know that sounds cliche. I know I've said that to myself. I thought, oh, you know, how can you say that? You know, oh, it's so miserable. But there is always hope. So again, I thank you guys for listening to my first episode. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to release this. You know, this is <laughs> kind of really personal and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous. And I am already planning future episodes, so it's great. Again, thanks guys for being here.